Hello and welcome to the Financially Free Females podcast. I'm your host, Katie Elker, and each week I'll be discussing practical tips to help you on your path to financial freedom. If you're ready to pay down debt, build wealth, and increase your abundance, you've come to the right place. Thank you for joining me on our shared quest for financial freedom. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode on the Financially Free Females podcast. So excited you're here today. I want to share a little backstory on buying our first home. And so I'm trying to share a few more personal stories on this podcast and really come from a place of not judgment, if you will. So I know that some people, you know, for example, today's episode, I'm going to talk about buying a house when I was 20 years old. Some people may have bought a house a lot sooner than that. Some people may have bought a house a lot later than that. And that is really not the purpose. So the purpose is just to give you some ideas of how I made it work for myself and and our and my family and also, you know, give you some inspiration if home ownership is something that you aspire to do. And yeah, so that being said, similar to kind of, you know, hitting the investment mark that I talked about last week, it's all just, you know, personal finance is really your own personal thing. So I would hate to have you compare yourself to me or to other people. Really try to just put your blinders on, stay in your own lane and celebrate your own accomplishments and then strive for the goals that you set that are important to you because you said they were important because, uh, not because, you know, society or somebody else said that those are things that you should go for. So with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. All right. So buying a house at 28 again, so whether that seems old or young to you, it doesn't really matter to me, but I, few things. So in order to buy a home, right, you have to have a credit score and ideally a higher credit score so that you can get a better interest rate. And so when I was 16, my mom, bless her heart, was on my case about opening up a credit card so that I could build and establish credit. And so I didn't really understand much about what credit was at that point in my life. But my mom had me, you know, co-signed for me on a credit card. We opened a bank account. I opened a bank account and she was kind of my co-signer, if you will, or it was a joint account at that time. And I had a credit card and I paid for, I think it was gas. So I'd pay for gas like once a month and I didn't drive that much. I drove, I had like an old beater van. So I drove to school and I drove to my job and I drove to soccer practice. And so I would pay for gas once a month and then I would pay off that credit card in full every month with the money that I had from my part-time job. And so that was really a like monumental moment, if you will, in helping set the stage for buying a house, you know, fast forward maybe 12 years later, was just getting credit established. And so again, I started, I had a credit card. My mom was my joint owner on it. She could see my accounts, make sure I wasn't going crazy with it or anything. I always paid it off in full and that helped me to establish a credit score. So then when I went to college, I took out student loans. So I wasn't able to finance college out of pocket. My parents helped me some, but not enough to cover the entire tuition bill and all the other expenses that come along with college. So I took out some student loans. And when I graduated from college, I also took out my first car loan. So up until then, I had basically had like hand-me-down cars. And I had a car, um, you know, my mom's old van when I was in high school. And then I had a my grandma's old car when I was in college. And so 
I bought my first used car. I don't really believe in buying new cars off the lot as they depreciate so fast right away. But if that's your thing, that's that's cool too. That's a topic for another day. Uh, but I, you know, bought a, so I went out and I bought a car, a used car, and I put that loan in my name. And I think the, per, I think the interest rate at that point in my life was maybe like 7% or somewhere like that. And so that was a little higher for a car loan I thought, and it was higher than, it was basically the same or higher than all of these student loans I had. And that was the only debt I had other than the car loan. So I really took to it. I got a job right out of college. I started working and making good money. I didn't have a lot of expenses because I was living back at home. So I really doubled down on that car payment. I believe I paid it off within like six months. So I was just throwing all the extra money I could on my car loan. And so that too, then of course, you know, positively impacted my credit score. And from there, then I started, you know, paying on my student loans. I went to grad school. I had to take out a few more student loans. And then I started paying those off. And so, or, or working to pay those off, I should say. And so those were, I would say, three things. Um, along the way, I'd opened up other credit cards through the, the bank I had from when I was 16. Um, I got some, you know, a, like a Delta SkyMiles card that I use. And so I took out some other credit cards and was responsible with them. So would use them for things and then pay them off. And those three things, the credit cards, the student loan, and the car loan, really helped me establish a credit score and a favor- favorable credit score at that and one that helped me to buy the home when my husband and I were looking for homes. So that was kind of the first thing. So if you are like thinking about buying a home or any major purchase and you know you're going to need you know, to borrow money, you really need to think about how you're going to A, get a credit score and B, grow that credit score. And so if you've never taken out you know, any sort of debt before, I always tell people like, get one credit card, use it you know, once a month maybe or a few times a month and pay it off in full. I did a whole episode on six factors that increase your credit score. I will try to link it up in the show notes so you can kind of look back. I don't have the number for you, but if you... You know, that's basically something that I talk about in another episode in depth was is how to increase your credit score. So that's the first thing you would want to do when you're thinking about buying a home in this example. Then the second thing I did, and I mentioned this a little bit in my podcast episode last week and getting to that first investment milestone, was I started putting money at the time, the limit for a Roth IRA. I opened one up through Fidelity. I just chose a target retirement date fund. And I started putting money into the, to that and I tried to max it out. So I was trying to put $5,500 in every year. So you get up until tax day to have that money count towards the previous calendar year. And so I did that for several years and I knew that I would maybe be taking some of that money out for buying a home. And that was kind of my, you know, that was kind of my idea. And at the time, uh, you know, you and still to this day, you can use money penalty for you can take money out of your Roth IRA to pay for education and for a first-time homebuyer purchase. And so that was something that, you know, really intrigued me. So I wanted to, you know, save, but also make some interest or some money, you know, in the, have it be invested and make some money on my, the money that I was putting away towards the house. So I decided to go that route. I decided to put the money in a Roth IRA. I knew if like something happened in the stock market plunge, I could wait a few more years to recover to buy a house. I wasn't in like a dire need to use it. And so That worked out really well because, you know, fast forward when I was 27, uh, you know, I just turned 28 when we bought our home. 
I took out then some of that money and used it towards our down payment. And so that was really helpful to have started saving early, knowing that I could use that money. It could be flexible. It could be for education or retirement or for a home. That was a really nice way to go. So that is kind of the second piece is, you know, starting to save money, whether that's just putting a certain amount of money every month away into a savings account, whether you want to invest it, um, you want to put it maybe into something like a Roth IRA and have it invested and make money. Um, If you're going to be waiting, right, I would say, you know, five years, five to 10 years, if you think that's where you want to go, if you think you want to buy a house in the next few years, I wouldn't necessarily invest it in case something, you know, stock market drops and you are like really urgent to buy a home that's not a big deal to you, then you could put it in, take your chances, and then wait wait out the storm, if you will, and let it recover and then take out money, right, so that you're not losing money, um, but you could do that as well. So I uh, definitely, you know, recommend starting to save. I'd also have like a target if you are thinking about buying a home, right? So for me, when we were doing some home shopping, I did not want to spend over So that was like, this was in 2014 and I was like $200,000 or less. I felt like we could get a really great starter home. So we were looking, looking, looking. I think I looked at 26 houses. I think the house we live in now was maybe the 26th house we looked at. And I fell in love. I really liked it. The girl, uh, lady who lived here had it decorated and staged super cute. It was in a nice walkable area. We can walk to like the downtown near our home and had a fenced in backyard and yada yada. So I fell in love with the house and it was 210. And so at first I was like, oh shoot, that goes over the, you know, the maximum amount I wanted to spend. And I, you know, we thought about putting in a lower offer, but at the time the housing market was super hot. It still kind of is, but the housing market was super hot, especially for first time home buyers. And I knew And our realtor actually told us if we didn't put a full offer and it was very unlikely we would get that home. So I remember looking at it the day it came on the market and then decided, yep, this is a house, filled out all the paperwork, signed it all. And then I told my husband that night, who was, you know, at that point we were, I want to say we were engaged and, um, or actually, you know what? No, I think we were just dating. And so I told him, my boyfriend was at the time, you know, I really like this house. I think we should buy this house. And so he went and looked the next morning. We put the offer in after he said, yep. And got the house. And that day, there was several other showings, second showings. I think they maybe, you know, somebody had put an offer in after us, but we ended up getting the home. So that was super exciting. But the moral of that story is, is that, you know, sometimes you might have this limit. Like you can say, okay, I don't want to spend more than this amount, or I want to for sure put a certain percentage amount down. Like I want to put 10% or 20% or whatever down. So it's important to have that idea in your head, but also be flexible. So if, you know, the dream home comes up and it's a little more than you want to spend, but you know you can make it work with your budget, which is the key, right? I do not advise you buying a home for the amount that the bank will lend you because they will always lend you more money than you probably can afford when it comes, you know, when you break it down to what your monthly payment would be. So I always tell people, if you you know, you're going to buy a home, have an idea of how much you want to spend. And then from there, you know, be flexible if something comes up that you really want. And if you can make it work financially, then, you know, that might be the best way to go. 
Okay, so those are a few of my tips. So like I said, establishing a credit score early, starting to save, having an idea of how much you want to have saved and also how much you know you want to try to shoot to put down, whether that's 5%, 10%, 20%. If you put 20% down, you don't have to pay the private mortgage insurance, which is super great. It's just an extra fee per month. And I highly recommend putting 20%. I'm also going to be totally honest with you that we did not put 20% down. So I'd mentioned that we took money um, out of my Roth IRA. And then I also um, used some of the money that I got from an inheritance from when my father had passed away. So I know that that's definitely a kicker. I most people do not have inheritances and they don't have, you know, my dad passed away when he was 57. And so my brothers and I, my parents were divorced where we got money. Um, it was like his 401k from work because obviously he was too young and he didn't have time to use all the money to enjoy a long retirement. And so my brothers and I split that money and I will be totally honest with you because I think it's important to be transparent. We each, I think at that time, got 40 grand and I took 10,000 of that. We didn't get any life insurance. So I took 10,000 of that and put it towards our home and took 10,000 out of my Roth and put that towards our home. And that equaled 20%. So we put, or excuse me, that equaled 20,000. I think we put, um, kicked in a few thousand extra, but that was basically 10% of the price of the home. And so Again, I felt good about that. Um, I think it has to be a decision that feels really good for you. But 20% is ideal if you can make it to 20% because you don't have to pay that private mortgage insurance. And yeah, so that's it. Uh, okay, so let me think. So that is, those are, that's basically a little bit of the backstory of how I bought the house. So importance, you know, focusing on getting up your credit score, starting to save and, you know, being flexible, but also having a plan and then I think too, I mentioned, you know, making sure like crunching the numbers. So I had it in my head, like, okay, I want to buy a house for 200,000. I bought the house in my name. And my husband and I always really liked that idea in the event that we wanted to buy other properties and increase in his name. And I also really um, wanted, liked the idea of at the time being able to afford everything on my own in the event something happened and we were to break up or something Not that I had like thought that was going to happen, but the, um, you know, the like risk calculator in me was like, I would love to be able, like, I want to be able to afford this home on my teacher's salary. If I, if I ever had to, something happened to my husband or, or boyfriend at that time, now husband. So I think that's a really smart way to go too. So crunching your numbers and seeing what you can afford. Like if you put this much, much down, you know, figure out how much will you have to pay each month and, you know, can you make that work? And I love the idea if you're buying a starter home, if you're buying your first home, uh, especially if you're buying it with somebody else, to buy a house that you could afford on one income. And not because you're going to break up, but because it gives you so many more options as you move forward with your life. So, you know, you might be able to buy another property and have, you know, turn your starter home into a rental, which is something that my husband and I talk about all the time. Um, you, you know, might have more just cash flow to do things like travel and experience life, um, you know, versus most of your income going into your home. So those are things that I, you know, that's kind of what I recommend. You know, the bank will give you a certain number, but really crunch the numbers and figure out what will work best for you and will make sense for you or your family, depending on who you're buying the home with. So, 
right, you guys, so I think that's pretty much it. I just wanted to kind of go over some things that were helpful when I bought a home, things to think about if you are considering buying a home, and you know, some things to look out for too, you know, getting approved for a lot of money, those kind of things that you just want to, you know, just make sure that you are buying a home that's gonna fit into your budget and gonna be, you know, a really a great purchase for you. So if you have questions about this, if you enjoyed this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review and let me know what you enjoyed, what questions you have, or other things that you want to see, you know, other topics you want to hear about on this podcast. And please also subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And uh, if you're listening to this and you're on Instagram, you can screenshot it and take me at Financially Free Females. I just created a hashtag or a account for uh, the podcast and for my Financially Free Females group on Facebook. And so I'd love to see you, you know, either of those places as well. All right, you guys, that is all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And until next time, cheers to your abundance.